0: You know, there's a lot of research about walking and the importance of walking, just getting out and moving. What if walking could save your life? Well, we're going to talk about that on today's episode of The Movement Movement, the podcast for people who want to know the truth about what it takes to have a happy, healthy, strong body, starting feet first, because you know, those things are your foundation. And we're going to break down the propaganda, the mythology, sometimes the outright lies you've been told about what it takes to run or walk or hike or play or do yoga or CrossFit, whatever it is you like to do, and to do that enjoyably, efficiently, effectively. Wait, did I say enjoyably. Trick question. I know I did. Because look, if you're not having a good time, you're not going to keep it up. So find something you would like. I'm Stephen Sashen from ZeroShoes.com. Your host of the Movement Movement Podcast. We call it that because we're creating a movement. More about that in a second. About natural movement, letting your body do what it's made to do. The first part, the movement, is really simple. You can go to www.jointhemovementmovement.com. You don't need to do anything to join. There's no secret handshake or song you need to sing. There's no money involved. It's just you know a thing that we call it. Um, that's where you can find previous episodes all the way you can find us on social media, et cetera. And the way you help the movement move is by giving us a review or a thumbs up or a like, or hit the bell icon on YouTube. I mean, you know the drill. If you want to be part of the tribe, just subscribe. So let us jump on in. Stanley, do me a favor. Tell people who you are and what you're doing
1: here. My name is Stanley Bronstein. I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. I am 64 years old. And as Stephen suggested at the beginning of the thing, walking saved my life. I have no doubt about it. Well, before um,
0: we jump into the specifics, though, um, I have to tell everyone who's watching: um, Stanley and I are part of Purple Shirt Day. Uh, we were, you know, we both were very aware that this is an important thing to do, and happy that you're part of that club. We're connected <laughs> in a way that's uh, very, very frightening. So, walking saved your life. Um,
1: let's dive in, shall we? Okay. Um, give you some of the. I'll give you some of the specifics. Just- Real quick. Okay. 32, 33 years ago, I maxed out at 367 pounds. What, you couldn't couldn't go higher?
0: You couldn't hit two? <laughs> couldn't...
1: Uh, no, I, not if I wanted to live, I couldn't go higher. As hard as I worked, as hard as I tried, that was as large as I was able to get. uh you know that's first that's first time i've ever had somebody (laughs) tell me that
0: (laughs) well you know i was just thinking of it from like a weightlifting perspective the first time i deadlifted 400 pounds my first thought was crap now i'm gonna have to go for 500 and luckily sense got the better of me and i decided that that was more than enough but uh 367 that that's no insignificant
1: feat i'm only five foot seven that is that's uh that is pretty outrageous Okay. as recently I lost 100 pounds, then I put some back on, got back up to 320, but never got back to 367. I guess I couldn't do it. Um, Then as recently as 14 and a half years ago, February 1st, 2009, I was four months away from my 50th birthday. I woke up and i had been thinking about this for a while. I woke up, I turned to my wife and I said, I'm done playing this game. I was 320 pounds. My feet hurt. My back hurt. My legs hurt. I hadn't had a heart attack yet. I hadn't had a stroke yet. I wasn't on diabetes medication, but I probably should have been. I wasn't on high blood pressure medication, but I probably should have been. I was a heart attack waiting to happen. And I told her, I said, I'm done playing this game. Because I had realized that if I didn't get it together, Right then and there, I was going to be dead and I didn't want to be dead. I mean, I, I can't put it any more plainly than that. Let me ask so, you a question,
0: yeah, go ahead. because some, there's what you just said is one of my favorite things to investigate. Can you identify what it is about that day rather than the day before or the day after where that realization popped into your brain?
1: Yeah. Yeah. it. You know, it, 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 yeah, I can. As. As I I like to tell people all the time, I I talk about change all the time. If you go to my website, thewayofexcellence.com, we talk about change because that's my whole story is want to change. And I go, that day when I decided to change, did I change in an instant or did it take me 49 and a half years to get to the point where I changed in an instant?
0: Mm. This is,
1: this, this is
0: Zen 101. The argument between Soto Zen and Rinzai Zen is enlightenment instantaneous or a process. And of course the answer is yes.
1: Yeah. There you go. The answer is yes. You're right about that. So I just, I knew my 50th birthday was coming and I said, I said, what the shit am I doing? <laughs> I said, you know, I, I wasn't, I'm an attorney. I'm a CPA. I'm a real estate broker. I was successful. Everything was going, did not have my health.
0: Mm.
1: You know, I said, I'm wasting my potential. And to be quite frank with you, it pissed me off. And I said, this is bad. I don't need to be doing this. Enough's enough. I just, I reached as Malcolm Gladwell would put it. I reached my tipping point.
0: I, I want to, first of all, I love it. Secondly, I want to dive in a little more and there, there may not be an answer for this, but this is one of those things that I, that I find really interesting um, is literally just that question of, you, you know, why now and why didn't it happen the day before, the minute before, the second before. And there may not be an answer where just finally, you know, it just, you woke up and that just showed up loud enough
1: Time was time. The time it was, t- it, it was time. It was time.
0: Time. Yeah.
1: It, and so it was no, no more. I did. I had put it off. I had procrastinated yeah. to the point where pro- to continue to procrastinate meant death.
0: Well, maybe this is the way I'm thinking of that I that I like is that many people try to fake what you just described. They try to go okay now, but they don't really have that. Whatever it is, however we want to define it, that is that innate bubbling up or screaming up or geysering up or whatever it is where you just can't, I mean, it's in there. You can't, you can't fake it. You can't ignore it. I mean, it's just like locked in and away you go. And there are people who spend a lot of their life trying to pretend or make that moment happen instead of it just occurring where it's just there. And, you know, and you, the way you described it is I can't keep playing this game anymore. What was the, how would you define the game? Okay.
1: The game was living a life where my actions were not consistent with my words. Mm. So, how I was a hypocrite. I was a hypocrite. Why? What were you saying? Okay. Now I sit there. Okay. At that point in my life, I had written six, seven, eight self help books Mm. telling people how to get their life together and to get everything in order. And I'm walking around at 320 pounds. Right. You know, I'm complaining that I'm not getting the respect I want from people or that I deserve from people when I'm walking around showing people, I obviously don't respect myself. Right. I was a hypocrite. And, 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 and go to backtrack. One thing that you said, you know, people try to get to that point, try to get to that point. One of the things I do when I work with people is I tell them, you don't have to get to that point. Mm. you know how they say an alcoholic needs to get to the you know the needs to hit you, bottom. you have to hit bottom yeah I don't think you have to hit bottom I mean I think that's when a lot of people make the change yeah but i but i but I think it is possible to do it i mean i i i'll give i'll give you an example let's real real quick my whole thing with weight started when I was eight years old my mother died when I was eight I was left to live with my massively obese father and we both ate ourselves into oblivion. That's, you know, the short, the short story. it. Now I said that I told somebody this just the other day. I, I, I just turned 64 yesterday. Okay. Uh-huh. I, thank you. I said, if the 64 year old, and you should ask me what I did for my birthday memory, the 64 year old me, if he could go back and talk to the eight year old, spend one day with the eight year old me, I could have saved myself 50 something years of bullshit. But had I not gone through that, I would not be the person I am today. Right. And to be quite frank with you, I happen to really like the person I am today. And I think the person I am today is a pretty cool dude and it's who I want to be. So, so the answer is, would it have been nice? Could I go back and change things? Yes. Does it matter? No, because you can't and it doesn't matter. So you just let it go. But I don't think you have to get to that point with me. That's what happened. Yeah. You know, I I got to that point. And, you know, I just I I told my wife, I said, I'm done playing this game. I'm going to start learning to eat better now. And I'm going to start exercising now every day. And my exercise of choice is going to be walking how how did you come to that choice in that moment? okay I used to I used to bike ride when I lived in Texas, and in Arizona, there's lots of hills, the streets are crowded. It's tough to get around. I said biking is a pain in the butt. If I choose walking, I don't need very many tools. I can do it anywhere i I just I figured it was easier, and since I was going to do this long term, that was what I chose to do. Uh, backing up a, a,
0: a tiny bit, you may be right that we don't need to be backed into a corner or hit rock bottom, or whatever it is, but it does seem for most humans. I mean, that's when we decide to take action. You're
1: absolutely correct. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Absolutely like when, correct. When there's
0: just no other choice. And this is why when I think about some big social change issues, I'm not going to, I don't want to get into an argument with people about things like climate change or whatever. But the simple thing is, you know, whenever we're asking a large group of humans to do something different, doesn't even matter what it is, typically we just can't anticipate what the future is going to be like and so we just don't do anything until you know shit and fan have had a really good meeting
1: and and that is something my friend that needs to change if we can man that is wired into us i think i think we can i, I am i yeah. i am a when i see when i look back and i see what i have done for okay i'm a pretty confident guy yeah i'm an attorney i'm a cpa i've written all these books I've been successful, and I did something that blew my mind. It blew my mind that I was able to do what I did and that I've been able to keep it off. I mean, Stephen, okay, I was a 320-pound couch potato. 30-plus years ago, I was 367 pounds. Yesterday, I told you what I did for my my 64th birthday. I walked a marathon. Nice. Okay, these – Barefoot, by the way. Okay. These these, these marathons. Oh, since that date, February 1st, 2009, that was my 96th marathon that I have walked (laughs) in 14 and a half years. Now, these are on the treadmill. They're outside. They're not official. And the reason why is I walk slowly. I walk at two and a half miles an hour. So it takes me 10 hours. To walk, to walk a marathon. So the race course would be closed long before then. But, so I'll never be able to do an official marathon. But, I mean, I, I chart my statistics. I have walked, let me let me see what this is right
0: here on my- Yeah, this is not, the, as you pull up a spreadsheet, this is not the CPA in you, I can tell.
1: It, it is the CPA <laughs> in me, okay. It is, I have walked 58- thousand miles holy moly since that time i have walked around if you take the equator of the earth at the you take the circumference of the earth at the equator i have walked around the earth 2.35 times in the last 14 and a half years so so, obviously i have an obsessive personality well you know and imagine what that would have done if you walked
0: around the perimeter of the flat earth that would have been even bigger so yeah there you go so so I'd have
1: fallen off the edge.
0: No, you can't fall off the edge. I, I'm, I've been assured of that. That's just not possible. The so um there are a couple of things that I want to I I want to dive into here. First of all, this is just totally amazing, but I don't know if you've ever heard the story. There was some uh, some marathon where the winner, you know, ran like 205, 206, something crazy. Yeah and stayed around for the person who was last, and it was like nine hours, and said to that person, I can't do what you just did.
1: I can't, and and
0: you, and you know what I call that Mm. class. Oh, it's way more than that. I mean, it is, and it's true. I mean, look. I say the same thing as a sprinter. When people say you know they run the 400 meters, it's like I can't do what you just did. But I mean, for someone to stick around and be there for the people who were doing everything they could to get in before the race closed and acknowledge this thing, it's like yeah, what you just did is a Herculean thing. And so to for you at two cha- two miles per two miles and change two per and hour, yeah, yeah, two and a half. I mean, for ten hours, uh, I can't think of anything I like to do for that long.
1: Well, I also I have a I have a computer hooked up to my treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a keyboard so I can sit there and do stuff like listening to the Steve Session podcast you know, <laughs> while, while I'm on the treadmill and I can get work done and and, and do things like that.
0: So so ignoring uh, the compliment. Um, so you had this thing. You said, all right, the game stops here. I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to start walking. Um i know this is going to be contentious because i know whenever i bring up diet people lose their minds uh the carnivores go crazy about the vegans the vegans are crazy about the carnivores and the people who you know are uh, omnivores just go crazy about everybody um so uh, uh, um, what do i eat what do i eat well what well, i want to know what you were eating before and then what the change was okay but also uh, look uh, but here but here's the other one i want to know what this is like for your wife and if you have a family or family so because making look just emptying out your cupboard and your pantry and your refrigerator from stuff you don't want to <laughs> eat, that could make a you know okay, upset
1: this, okay this is good. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. Yes, I have a wife, no kids. Okay. But I do have a wife. Okay. First of all, on that day, February first, two thousand nine, I'll tell and, and before I tell you this story, I'll tell you that we're still married and we get along better now than we did then. Good. So I'll preface it by saying that. Okay. That morning, I told her, I'm going to make a bunch of changes in my life, starting right now, because I have to do this, and I hope you like it, and I hope you stick around. I'm not asking you to leave, but I have to make these changes, and if you like them and you stick around with me, wonderful. And if you don't like them, I don't care. There's the front door. You can walk out right now. I told her that. That's how set I was on that day. And I and I told her, I hope you don't. I hope you stay. And she did.
0: I've got something similar. My wife told me if I cut my hair any shorter than it is right now, she'll leave me.
1: Well, it's funny you say that because I'm going to catch some shit tonight. My wife is um, out of town. I'm picking her up at the airport tonight. And every so often I like to shave my head. <laughs> and I sh- the minute I dropped her off at the airport on Friday, the first thing I did when I came home was shave my head. And I know, I know I'm going to catch someone when I pick her up in the car tonight. <laughs> but anyway, but that's fine. I don't okay. care.
0: So you, you gave her, you gave her the I'm changing ultimatum. And then?
1: Okay. And first thing I did, I stopped eating red meat. My Mine was a progression. Yeah. I stopped eating beef, kept eating pork because that was white meat. The other one. Uh, yeah, the other white meat. Cake. I, I gave up beef. And I gave up soda pop mm. and the soda pop I was drinking, you know, those two liter bottles. Yeah. I was drinking two or three of those a day. Holy man of, of diet, caffeine, free Pepsi. Now it's diet it's caffeine free. Surely must be good for you. Uh, not, <laughs> uh, so anyway, I quit drinking those and that was all that was probably harder to give that up than the beef. Yeah. So I stopped doing those things. About three, about four years later, when I started losing weight, about four years later, I went vegetarian. I gave up chicken, and that sucks because I make the most fantastic chicken you ever wanted to eat. <laughs> I, I mean, but that's fine. and I still will cook it for guests. Yeah, although although I don't like to, but I will. Okay. Anyway, because one of the things I did was my wife, she will bring stuff into, she's, no, she's not, she doesn't eat like me. She, although she's better than she used to, we'll get into that in a minute, but she would bring stuff into the house for, there was a short period of time about four or five months where my mother-in-law lived with us because she moved to Phoenix and she didn't, she hadn't found a house yet. So she lived with us for three or four months. And my mother-in-law was gourmet bread. And go here she's living in her son-in-law's house, so she wants to buy him stuff to make him happy. You know, so she's bringing all the stuff in the house. This went on for like a week, and I turned around. and I said, "I can't do this." So I decided right then and then that I needed to exercise self-control, and that just because somebody brought it into my house doesn't mean I needed to eat it. And now that is something I've actually had this discussion with Chef AJ. You know who she is? I don't. Okay, she's a vegan chef well-known on YouTube personality. She talks about your environment, Mm. make your environment consistent with what your goals are. And I had to live in an environment that was not consistent with my goals, but what I could control was my head. Mm. And I learned that the switch to my mouth is inside my head. Mm. And, And that was a big thing, you know, that I had to do. So about four years into this, I went vegetarian, gave up the chicken, still ate eggs, um, you know, and stuff like that. And I would still eat ice cream and milk and butter, you know, and cheese and stuff like that. Lost some more weight. Did really well. Then about five years or so into that, I was still, my weight was hovering between 190 and 220, 190, 220, 190, 220, and I couldn't get lower. And here I'm walking 10 miles a day, and I can't get lower than 190 pounds, and a lot of time I was hanging around at 220 pounds. So I said, I must be doing something wrong. And so I've been thinking about this, and at the time I was – you know what raw thing is? Oh, yeah. Well, look, I I was living in Boulder, Colorado, the home of raw
0: thing. Yeah, you know Okay, I – well, sorry, quite- for, pe- for people who don't know, it's a body work system. Think um, the most painful massage you've ever gotten and then multiply that by 10. The um, best massage. Yeah. <laughs> well, suffice it to say, uh, it, it can often be, let's say, from between mildly and excruciatingly unpleasant. Yeah, OK. Now that, so- that doesn't mean there's not value in it. Uh, just a heads up, you know,
1: like take a Percocet before you go. All right. So, so, but I don't, but I don't take pills. And I also, oh, I also stopped, I also stopped drinking when I first started. I, cause, cause I very, at the very beginning, I was drinking scotch every night. Mm. And I came to the conclusion that if I wanted to get up early in the morning, drinking scotch the night before was not,
0: not a good idea.
1: To getting yeah. up early in the morning and going for a walk. So, so.
0: Well, two two things really quick. One, I'm not condoning the use of uh, taking Percocet before you get a painful. Massage. I know
1: you're not. That was your joke.
0: Yes, but the, your joke. but the but the other thing I want to highlight some of what you're talking about. Um, you know, when people get their panties in a wad about diets, the research is pretty clear that the fundamental thing that's causing a benefit. Not saying the only thing, but the fundamental thing is calorie reduction, and um, and so just not have, having the scotch—that's a big deal. Um, there's an interesting thing about diet soda, where sometimes the artificial sweeteners basically trick your body into thinking that it's just like sugar.
1: It, it, it they do they do, yeah. and we'll we we'll, we'll we'll get into that. I'm, okay, I, I'm a life coach in some of this stuff, so we'll cool. we'll we'll get into that. And and for okay. anyone, for everyone else,
0: and I want to keep going down the diet rabbit hole for a little while till we. Back back up and do the walking rabbit
1: hole. Okay, that's fine. I, I'm yours. I've got all the time you need. So, <laughs> so I said, so I was having a session and I used to love to go to my rolfer. Jeez, um, She's since retired. She's, she was a former Buddhist nun. And I don't know. I don't know if there's anything such as a former Buddhist nun. But anyway, just you walk into her office. It was just peaceful. Mm. It was just. I told her I used to like to go to you for the mental aspects for of talking, just talking with you. It, it was pure joy. So we're talking and I'm having this discussion with her and I'm telling her I can't lose the weight. I can't lose the weight. And yet I'm doing all this work and everything. And I said, I know I need to make some changes. And here's what the changes are that I know I need to make. And sooner or later, I'm going to do it. She turns and she looks at me and she says, "Stanley, what's stopping you?" Valid question. Yeah. And I turned around and I said, "Absolutely nothing, except myself." And we can put a stop to that right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Day two later, day two later, I went full blown vegan, or as I call it, whole. I go, I'm Whole Foods plant based because yeah. there's to, to explain to people the difference. You pro, Whole Foods plant based. No SOS, which is no added salt, no added oil, no added sugar. You probably know what that is. The difference between that and being vegan is you can be vegan and still eat junk food.
0: Hmm.
1: There are there, There's a lot of vegan processed foods beyond meat burgers, vegan cheeses, vegan this and vegan that. I don't touch those. There are a lot of people I know who eat them, and I'm not telling them they shouldn't eat them, can't eat them. I don't, and I don't. And with my clients, I do not advocate that.
0: I'm, I, not gonna, I'm not. I'm not going to tell people they shouldn't eat the fake meat, but I will say this: I met a guy who his job is that he's a food engineer, and and I asked him what he thought about these things. He goes, uh, "I wouldn't touch them. It's, it's, loaded,
1: it's loaded with sodium."
0: Well, ignoring the sodium, he's saying the processing of the ingredients um, creates the basically makes them something that is not good for your body. And I,
1: yeah, yeah. Agree. I I go ahead.
0: Well, and I have a thing where uh, I have a weird genetic disorder where I don't taste savory flavors. So I never like meat because it just tastes metallic to me. And so like I was curious about things like Beyond Beef and whatever the incredible burger, or whatever. And um uh no, I just didn't like the flavor because again it just tasted like metal. So yeah. It was a no brainer. But then I met this guy at a party and he just scared the living crap out of me with what he was describing about how these simple um, compounds are processed to turn them into something that tastes and fakes its way into being meat.
1: Yeah. And my whole point is I don't need the meat. You know what I tell people? I tell people I've already eaten my lifetime supply of meat. And, and your lifetime supply, probably 15, 20 other people's lifetime supplies. You know, I've already had it. Hey, wait, hold Um, on. on.
0: When you, when you were in, you know, in the 350 range, what was like an average meal? Okay.
1: I would sit there and I would make my good friend would come over and for dinner, we would make, um, I'd take a big ass walk. And I'd load it with probably pound and a half, two pounds of turkey. We used turkey sausage. We stopped using beef. We used turkey sausage. And uh, no, turkey, turkey meat. And then I would take turkey sausage and I would cut up another pound or so of that and throw that in there. You know, then I would um, make a big old thing of chili and a big old thing of white rice, not brown rice or, or grains or anything else, and sit so there and make that. And between the two of us, we would eat the whole thing.
0: And then, yeah. Holy moly. So, between the two of you, you're splitting, you know, between three and four pounds of meat, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Okay. That's just a start. And then, then, yeah. And
1: then I would wake up in the middle of the night (laughs) and I need another full meal of something. Whenever it's two in the morning, I need a full meal. And that was how, remember when I told you I was 367 and I got down to 320 and I never went back up to 367? That was the difference. Because the, for the first time I lost a massive amount of weight, I was 367. I got down to like 267 with through Weight Watchers. I used to wake up in the middle of the night. I would have those Weight Watchers and Healthy Choice dinners. <laughs> and don't ask me what I think. First of all, Healthy Choice, I think it should be called Healthy-er Choice. And that's just because it's portion control. Other than that, it ain't healthy. Right. Um, that's my opinion. Yep. Now, and Stephen does not express an opinion on that. OK, that's the lawyer in me talking. OK, I just haven't I haven't looked into it. So I, I, I okay. have... now I would sit there. I'd, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I had cravings. I would go to the freezer. I would pull one of these things out. I would look at the picture on the front. I would visualize in my head, visualize in my head. I would imagine what it tasted like. I would go, yum, yum. That was good. And then I would put it back in the freezer and I'd go back to sleep. <laughs> and and that was like right. That is actually a trick I still use to this day. My wife would go somewhere like we went to a wedding, you know, a month or two ago, and there was this barbecue, supposedly fantastic barbecue. She has her plate and I will go, let me smell it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll always do that. And I sit there and I smell it, I sniff it, and I go, okay, I know exactly what that tastes like. And then I don't eat it.
0: That's great. And
1: so again, again,
0: backing up to you, you know, when you were around 350 or so it's pizza night. What'd you order?
1: Full pizza, a full Domino's a a full. Okay. I'll I'll give you an example. Okay. First time. This is actually, it's a Colorado story. The first time I ever went to Colorado, it was my older brother. Um, He had driven up. There with some friends. I had heard about Domino's pizza and I really, really, really wanted a Domino's pizza. I sat there and there was a time where they all left for about 2 hours and left me alone by myself for 2 hours on the phone i ordered domino's pizza got it delivered to me went into the stairwell at the place where we were staying ate it in the stairwell because i was hiding left the empty box in the stairwell and i went back inside okay. you know that that's how bad i had it yeah you know it would you know pizza would be you know meat lovers pizza You know, when I could do the whole thing, chicken wings, I make chicken wings. I could eat 18 chicken wings and I don't mean 18 chicken wings pieces. I mean, 18 whole chicken wings with all three of the pieces. Right. You know, I I, I could put that stuff away. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, being that big was a lot of work. Yeah. That's why I was curious.
0: Well, so now, so, so you made the vegan switch and I appreciate making the distinction between eating well as a vegan versus not. Um, I, I actually knew someone who was vegan and basically everything she made was just dessert. Now it was wonderful. Um, but, uh, it was just all sugar all the time.
1: I know. I I have many friends who are vegan, who eat vegan junk food and, and and you know what's what's interesting about them? Mm. Almost all of them tell me that they want to lose 20 or 30 more pounds and they can't figure out how to get it off. They they all tell me that. Yeah. And and it's kind of funny. And, you know, a a lot of vegans went vegan for the ethical reasons, save the animals, save the whales. And don't get me wrong. I want to save the animals. I want to save the whales. I think we would, you know, you talk about long, you talk about long-term change. I think for sustainability reasons, it's something that we eventually as a, collective human society need to do mm. if we want to exist with eight nine billion people on this planet yeah and it we have to do it but that's not why I went vegan I went vegan for health reasons yeah. and but I enjoy all those other things and I care about all those other things as as a result and and you know what happened I sit there and I said I wonder if I go vegan will I be able to get down to 180 I kept going between 190 and 120. Can I get down to 180? The answer is no, I couldn't. I got down to 140. Wow. I mean, I seriously, I gave up butter, cheese, bread, and ice cream. Bread, of of
0: course, is vegan.
1: Yeah, I know, but I gave it up anyway. (laughs) And I melted. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely, I mean, I literally melted. The weight came off of me so fast, it was almost scary. And since that time, I've put like ten pounds, eight, nine, 10 pounds back on, but it's all muscle mm-hmm. because I had I had, and, and the funny thing is because I lost the weight so slowly, my skin tightened. I I have a try to get the I have a little bit of excess skin, yeah, but not bad. You know, it's not like you know those pictures you see where they just have folds and folds of skin hanging off. I did it so slowly and so gradually it kept it off. And since that time, I like to advocate for people. Uh, since that time, I took all my materials and everything. I realized that Stanley, you're no longer a hypocrite. You're now living the life you advocate. I put everything together during a 20-day period. Um, there was the month of October. I basically locked myself in my house and 20 days in a row, I walked a marathon on the treadmill. All right. Well, so let's, so. And, and and I just hang on. Yeah. And I came up with this. Uh, describe that for people
0: who are listening and not watching. Okay.
1: It is called the way of excellence. The way of excellence is my system for building personal excellence. It's made up of 20 concepts, starting with awareness because you cannot change what you are until you become aware of what you are. And you can't,
0: Yeah, Sorry, just to highlight what you showed me. So back up show again, again, because for people who are watching. So you have this thing on the wall that says the way of excellence. So it's this color coded. Is that just four of them in a row or are they different? I can't tell from.
1: It's okay. What it is, first of all, that's the anal CPA. I mean, you made the joke about it. I mean, that chart is about as anal as it gets. Okay. What it is, it's 20 concepts. Gotcha. And that's what the left column is. The 20 concepts. Okay. And, and they are awareness, long-term thinking, personal responsibility, embracing change, positive focus, changing your perspective, vision, attraction, thing, things like that.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um,
1: now, then next to it is in marketing one-on-one, they tell you, you, tell people what the problem is. And then give them the solution, and then tell them the benefit if they implement the solution. So the next three is the, the first one's the problem. It's called the twenty untils. Mm. Until we do these twenty things, first, like the first one is until we wake up and pull our heads out of our rear ends <laughs> and, and admit what's going on and start taking action consistent with what we want. We're never going to achieve our maximum potential and evolve as a species. Right. So it evolves not only it involves not only you personally your maximum potential, but also evolving as a species, because that is one of my goals is we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. Then the next one is the 20 laws. These are the solutions, the 20 things that if you do these things, you will change. And then the 20 benefits, those are the things we will gain if we implement the solutions. So it's, it's basically, it's, 20 thing 20 concepts broken out into three parts each got it so that's what it shows on, on the chart and the chart the chart is extremely anal <laughs> and okay, anybody who wants to see it it's at thewayofexcellence.com. no spaces anything the com. and and i have a video on each one of the 20 concepts they basically the way i've got my thing set up if somebody comes there and they have no money and and they can't and but they need help, they can get find everything they need at my website for free. That's giving back because I am grateful for the way I used for what I used to be and what has been given to me now. I am eternally grateful. And so I want to give back. And then if somebody wants to work with me one-on-one, they can work with me one-on-one. That's different. But so go ahead Do you were
0: about to so, say so 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 we're taking the giant step back um so for all the reasons you described you went from cutting things out to vegetarianism to uh, well kind of to veganism which um is super super interesting let's go into the walking part so making the dietary changes over time I mean people have done things like that they have some idea about what that could be but to start people are scared of it well there is that um for many for a number of reasons in fact it's funny when i was living in new york Easiest place in the world to be vegan because there's somewhere you can get vegan food on almost every block, and not even just vegan restaurants, just uh, exclusively vegan restaurants. But um, anyway, let's do the walking part. So what was it? So on day one, you went, OK, I'm going to walk. What happened next? What was what was day two?
1: OK, OK. When I, I started walking, it was only February, but still in Arizona, it gets hot. It starts getting hot early. So you got to you got to go out early. You know, beat it for the sun. But when I first started out with the walking, I, I was doing a little bit of it outside, but I was still 320 pounds. My legs hurt and everything. I sat there and I said, maybe I'll walk in the pool. And so I found a gym by me that had a pool and I started going there at four in the morning. Oh, wow. Because I had to get there before the classes started. Because I didn't want, you know, all the people get in the way of them and they get in my way. So I'd sit there and I'd go there early in the morning and I started walking. And sometimes I didn't want to go walking, but I had a motivator. Back in 2007, in my hypocrite days, (laughs) I wrote a book and it was like 50 stories of all these interesting people I interviewed. One of them was an artist in Honolulu. Named Peggy Chun. Peggy has since passed away. Peggy had Lou Gehrig's disease. Peggy was bedridden. She could not move. She was on a ventilator. The only way she could communicate when I interviewed her was trained people would hold up an eye chart. And they could read her eye movements. She could spell out words. So to do a half an hour interview, it took me like two, three hours. And I went to her house to do this. And Now, mind you, this woman on a ventilator can't move. And I'll give you a little bit of history on her story. Her grandmother died from the disease and her twin sister died from the disease. And actually it was her older sister, not twin sister died from the disease. She woke up one morning and her legs were weak. And she said, Oh shit. She knew what it was. She didn't even have to go to the doctor. She yeah. knew what it was because there is a genetic component to the disease. Yep. So she knew about it. If this were me, Back in my old days, I would say, would somebody please take a pillow and put it to my head and take me out? You know, that that's I think a lot of people would think that way. This woman who was suffering from that, she had the most incredible joy for life of anyone I ever saw. She sat there and she told me. My grandkids are coming over later today. We're going to paint together. We're going to do this. We're going to, you know, we're going to have fun. We're going to do all that. And and she told me all these wonderful stories about her life. I was, that was just the very beginning of I was going to be driving around the country interviewing all these 50 people. I told her some of the people I was going to be interviewing, and she said, Oh, that's so much fun. I wish I could go along with you, you know, and, and all these things. So, Fast forward to me waking up in the morning going, I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to go for a walk. Yeah. Okay. You know the old saying, what would Jesus do? I started saying, what would Peggy Chun do if she could? Mm -hmm. And the answer is Peggy Chun would have got her lazy ass out of bed and she would have gone for a walk and she probably would have never even come back. (laughs) And and so I, I just said, screw this. And I got up and I started doing it anyway, because what I've learned, I don't want to do it. And, and my father used to tell me in the military, he was in World War II, he said, the sergeant would give you, he used to call them TS slips. They'd you know, pull out a piece of paper and they'd write TS on it. Tough shit.
0: <laughs>
1: you don't want to go to the gym? Tough shit. You don't want to eat better today? Tough shit. Go do it anyway.
0: So that first time in the pool, how long did you spend walking in the pool?
1: Probably 30 minutes, 45 minutes.
0: And 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 how was that? I mean, just so it was
1: it was fine. You know, the the biggest the worst part is I'm short. So you (laughs) have to you have to have to find a pool where it doesn't get too high up on you so that you can keep walking. You know, and I found that it worked. Some people would say it's a little monotonous, but actually it's just back and forth, back and forth. So what I started doing was I hooked up a little rig where I put on headphones and I had a water pack with my, um, with a MP3 player in it. And I would put audiobooks on there. And one of the first audiobooks i listened to, you may be familiar with this book was a book called younger next year. Yeah. Wait, but it sounds familiar, but give me more. Cause I'm, it,
0: it's not quite in my brain okay. yet.
1: Yeah. It was written by a guy. Um, I don't have his name in front of me. He was getting ready to turn 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he talked to his doctor. And basically it's it's written for men. That the original book was since then they've written it for women too. It was geared toward men, getting ready to hit milestone ages, 50, 60, 70, you know, telling them that you don't have to fall apart. If you do these things, you can actually get younger next year. And it was eat a better diet. And it was build yourself up to an exercise that you can do. At least three hours straight, mm. something. And I said I can do that. So I sat there, and I made myself a challenge. I said my 50th birthday is coming up in four months. On my 50th birthday, I want to do a five-hour pool walk, <laughs> where I go back and forth five hours, five hours, five hours, five hours. So I was training for it, building up to it, building up to it, building up to it, and. You familiar with Canyon ranch in Tucson? Yeah. Okay. I live pretty near there. So my wife for my 50th birthday, she gave me a wig at Canyon ranch and I went there by myself <laughs> and I sit there and I called them ahead of time. Okay, hold on. I,
0: I, wait, hold on. Was that really a present for her, for you or for her?
1: Both. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, Hey, it's a present for me, but if it has side benefits, it'll <laughs> so be it. okay. So, so, before I booked the thing, I called Canyon Ranch and I told them specifically what I wanted to do. And I said, what are the hours of your pool It closes up? I said, will you unlock the pool for me at two o'clock in the morning
0: <laughs>
1: and let me walk from two at two in the morning and do what I needed to do? And they said, OK, we'll do this. So the like security it. guard got to know me. The security guard would go out there. And he would unlock the main pool for me at two o'clock in the morning so I could I could get in. And. So whenever I had been to Canyon ranch several times before, anytime you go there, there's always one person who everybody talks about. I can't believe how much they exercise. Can't believe how much they exercise this time. That was me. Yeah. I became known as the five hour pool walk guy. I would be walking around the place and people go, are you the five hour pool walk guy? Are you the five hour pool walk guy? And I go, yeah. So I made this whole thing that on my birthday, I was going to walk five hours and, you know, and I had it in my mind. Can I do it? Build it. My, can I do it? Can I do it? And, and like, and like the, and like, what was it Roger Bannister with the four minute mile, mm-hmm. one of your heroes, no doubt. The minute some human being broke four minutes, what third, 20, 30, other people did it in the next year. I saw a large, a large number of people did it. Once we realized it was possible, you know, kind of, so anyway, in, in my mind, I said, I can do this. So I sat there and I did my five hours. I was like, great, blah, blah, blah. The next day, I was back out at the pool again. And they have Canyon Ranch. has this thing called the Life Extension Program where a lot of people go. You can call it Fat Farm, whatever. A lot of people who need to lose weight will go there. And there was this one guy who was massively obese. And he was getting in the pool. And I went over to him and started talking to him. And I told him what I was doing And I said, just walk with me. And I had already done like four hours <laughs> that day. And I had not had in my mind that I was going to do five hours again a second time. And I said, "They said, just get in the pool, just walk with me. And we walked back and forth in the separate lanes just talking and talking and talking for like an hour, hour and a half. And I said, wasn't well, that easy? So not only did I do five hours, I did five and a half hours the next day. And I said, this is easy. And then when I came back home, I I said, it's time for me to start walking outside. There you go. And so I started, you know, walking outside early in the morning. And the street i mine, it's on an incline going uphill, coming back. And the guy at the guard gate, he used to say, tell me he didn't know if I was going to be able to make it up the hill or not <laughs> uh, you know, when I was going. But, you know, but I, I was doing all this. And I had I started walking in other people's neighborhoods around me. Because I'd get bored walking my own neighborhood. I had one time I parked my car in that neighborhood and I go walking. Lady called the cops on me (laughs) and cop comes up to me and he said, What are you doing in here? And I told him what I was doing. He said, That's amazing. And I saw that. And I said, And I didn't have my ID on me because I left it in the car. I said, If you want to take me back to my car, I'll give you all my ID and everything. He said, No, that's okay. And he says, you can keep parking there if you want. And I said, no, I probably shouldn't, because obviously I'm causing this lady some distress. <laughs> and so I don't need to be doing that. So I stopped doing that. And I started just, you know, walking further because I live over a canal. So the problem was I had to walk over the canal mm-hmm. and it was harder to cross the street. But I started doing it anyway. And I started walking all these to the neighborhoods. And one of the things I learned when you walk for, I, and mine, when I'm doing this whole program, The very beginning, I remember when I was back to Canyon Ranch again, some of their pool instructors and their trainers came up to me and talked to me. And they asked me what I was doing and I explained it to them. And they said, Stanley, you're not getting your heart rate up enough. Mm -hmm. You're never going to lose weight that way. This isn't going to work for you. This isn't good exercise. You're not getting your heart rate up. And I sat there and I said, bullshit. And I've timed it out when I walk. You know, they say when you run, you should get up to at least to uh, do cardio. You should get up to, what 60% yes. 80, up to, between 60 and 80%. I get up to about 50%. Right. You know, when on, I'm out walking, but and I do it for hours. But your, I yeah,
0: of your max uh, heart rate. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But I do it for hours and right. hours and hours and hours. Right. And lo, and lo and behold, I, my weight went from 320, you know, to 140. My blood pressure went from the one eighties. My blood pressure today is like ninety eight over fifty five. No, no drugs or anything. I didn't do any surgeries or anything. And the all these experts told me what I was doing was wrong. Right. And my philosophy is slow and steady. Which, by the way, would you care to guess what my totem animal is? My totem animal is a snail. Steady, diligent, persistent. Get where they're going, no matter how long it takes.
0: Hold on. Do you, do, you know, do you know the snail joke? Go ahead. Guy's sitting around watching TV. Here's a knock at the door. Goes and opens the door. Doesn't see anything. Just as he's about to close the door, he glances down and there's a snail sitting at the door. And he's like, oh. And he picks up the snail and tosses it out in the garden. Two years later, the guy's watching TV. Here's a knock at the door. Goes up to the door. Opens it up. Doesn't see anything. Just as he's about to close the door, he looks down and sees the snail. And the snail says to him, what was that all about?
1: Yeah. There you go. I, I Yes. And then there's another one which... um. What is it? The snail gets on the back of the turtle and the turtle goes off walking and the snail's going. (laughs) So,
0: all right. So um, we could do snail jokes all day. So I I know many of them. So that so when you got out of the pool and started going uh, for walks on dry land, how a couple of things, one, just, you know, how long were those first walks? What was the transition like? What was the sort of evolution, if you will? in your walking just in terms of like
1: time. it was tougher uh i started out doing an, I, I would try to do an hour or two yeah in the morning and then i started getting this thing where i work from home so i can do these kind of things i started saying i wonder if i can do a second session in the afternoon mm. if i meditate or take a nap for an hour or two you know to give my body a little bit of time to recover. Yeah. I mean, I would I would be sore in the beginning because I was still carrying quite a bit of weight. Yeah. I have a lot of I have a lot of this charted actually, so I mean, you, on an Excel spreadsheet, um, the counting in me again, so so you so you could see all so you could see all this stuff, and it it took time, yeah, and it was being diligent and persistent. And one of the things I was going to say about walking, and one of the reasons why I like walking so much, and why I like walking for. Long hours. There are a lot of doctors these days. They all sit there, and the trend is if you do 10 minutes a day of really intensive cardio, that's all you need. And the answer is, that might be all you need, but they're leaving out the psychological aspects of long duration exercise. And any marathoner will tell you this. Yeah. Okay. When I walk for two, three, four, five, six plus hours, at a time, you meet some very interesting people. <laughs> and would you care to guess who the most interesting person you meet? You. Is yourself. Yeah. And that was how all these ideas for my books, all my thoughts, and I would just carry my smartphone with me and ideas would pop into my head. They would just come flowing into my head and I would write them down, write them down, write them down, write them down and, and save All these thoughts. I have a massive database of all this information and all these thoughts and all these things I want to do. And it was just sticking with it. Yeah. But go ahead.
0: Well, I know there's a, because you hinted at it before, and I I didn't even remember this part of the story. So I'm going to prompt you for it. Uh, Let's talk feet and footwear, shall we?
1: Okay. Feet and footwear. Okay. In the beginning, Mm -hmm. I wore traditional. running shoes you know nike i I used to wear new balance because my feet were wider so i would wear the new balance and i went to this chiropractor and he made me a set of orthotics and i wore those he made me those before i started losing all the weight after i started losing weight i noticed my shoe my feet shrunk (laughs) because they were less swollen yeah and my uh my shoes fit differently. And so I said, I need a new set of orthotics. You know, these old ones don't work anymore. So I went back to the same chiropractor and I made an appointment with him. And I said, I need you to make me a new set of orthotics. Guess what he told me? He said, I'm not going to make you any orthotics. You don't need orthotics. Go read a book called Born to Run (laughs) and go buy yourself a pair of toe shoes. Okay, so I went out in the library, I got born to run, learned all about the Tarahumara Indians and all this stuff and everything else. That's a book I'm sure you have memorized. Practically, yeah. Yeah. And well, even well, even more for
0: people who don't know, Chris McDougal, who wrote that book, and Eric Orton, his coach and now co author of Born to Run Two, are our partners. Um, I mean they you know, Chris was our unofficial marketing department for the first year or two. Anytime he did a book signing, we got a surge of traffic. And um uh and and he was a he was always a big supporter, but he's been footwear agnostic until just recently when we sent him some of our stuff. And he says, we need to talk. We got to work together.
1: Well so- that's one thing I want to talk to you about because I have tried your product before. Yeah. And you know, and um the 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 problem I had with your product when I had tried was the sandals that you made yourself. Uh-huh. The the problem I had with them was the, the, the laces or whatever came through on the bottom. And the way I walk, it would wear them down and I'd be out on a long walk and they would pop on me. And well, so you,
0: you, yeah. may, you may be surprised um, to know that um, that's not the only product we make.
1: <laughs> I know it's not. I know it's not. I'm just saying, I, I know it's yeah, but not. But I get it.
0: Yeah, I totally get I it. I haven't,
1: I'm intimately aware of your product. <laughs> well, I just haven't, I just haven't bought it because I, because of the next,
0: you know. Well, so yes, uh, ignore, this isn't about me. So, so you read Born to Run and
1: then? Okay, so I went and got myself a pair of five fingers and said, these are interesting. And one of the things I very learned very quickly was that I had to transition into them because you'll get shin splints if you just willy-nilly start wearing them and, and walk for as many hours as I do. Right. Because cause they change your gait so much. Right. And so I always caution people if they go into minimalist footwear, transition into it, make sure that you're handling it okay agreed um and so i kept doing that and i'd buy some more buy some more buy some more periodically i i you know i'll go hiking in the arizona desert and sometimes you need to wear something with a little bit thicker sole because you'll get cactus needles and stuff like when i go hiking i I carry a pair of needle nose pliers with me (laughs) And, and, and just because i can't tell you how many times i have to pull stuff out of my feet right um but it I kept coming back to minimal is better, minimal is better. That was when my I used to have tendonitis, mm. you know, in the beginning, and that all went away. I haven't had it in years. Um, Achilles tendonitis, I haven't had that in years. Any problems with that? Feet soreness, intimately better. And so basically, knees did not hurt, you know, so all of those things. You know infinitely better but one of the things i also learned was sometimes i had to take days where i walked less yeah you know like like yesterday i walked a marathon today i've walked 10 miles right and, right. and i'll probably call it and that's my typical day and i'll probably call it quits at 10 miles although i've got the energy i can easily do more but i'll call it quits just because i can give my body a little bit of a rest yeah but it um just felt better and better and better now one of the problems with me, because the way I walk, I go through shoes very quickly. Right. And it's probably because I tend to shuffle. And so I I go through them quickly and it's expensive, especially with five five fingers where our prices are outrageous, Um, you know, uh, have become outrageous. And so I sat there one time and 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 the other thing was, let's talk treadmills for a second. One of the things I learned was the average treadmill, when you get on a treadmill and you walk at two to two and a half miles an hour, you know what happens to the treadmill? Oh, you're putting a lot of friction into that deck. That gets hot. You burn out the motor. Yeah. Uh, I burn out several treadmills. I'm like, for my, for my 60th birthday, I bought myself a $4,000 treadmill earning out within a year. And I was pissed. Have you ever have you have you thought about
0: trying the non-motorized treadmills?
1: <laughs> I, two years ago, I bought myself an assault fitness, There's non-motorized treadmill. Love it. Love it. Yeah, Solu- solution to all the problems. And, I, you know, it's funny how things work. Talk about serendipity, and how things happen for a reason. Okay, and this treadmill. My treadmill came and was in my garage. So, oops, sorry.
0: My apologies. I've got to check something really quickly. Okay, got it. Sorry. Uh, I, okay. Alondra just did something and freaked
1: me out, but ignore that. Okay. Okay. Treadmill came. It was sitting in my. They delivered it. It was sitting in my garage. Heavier than shit. Yeah. And I'm like, how am I going to get this into my house? I called one of my good friends who lives down the street and I said, Tim, can you help me get this in? We're pulling unboxed and pulling it apart. still too heavy for the two of us to get it in. (laughs) So I said, we need to get a third person to help me do this. Just then, neighbor, two doors down, comes walking out to check his mail. The guy is a weightlifter. (laughs) And I said, Kevin, can you help us? He says sure, and he comes on over, and Kevin practically picked the damn thing
0: for
1: himself. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and we got it into my room. So I'm, I'm, ha- it, ha-
0: I'm just happy to hear your manhood is still intact.
1: Yes, so but it, but it's funny how you know the, those things play out. Yeah, but no, so I started saying, "You know, these shoes are expensive." I started wearing thick socks. I wear woolen socks. Kind of thing, and one of the things I noticed when we start walking on there, I started generating static electricity. So I'd I hold the, and the handlebars, and go <laughs> zap, zap. So I put socks over the handlebars, <laughs> uh, you know, to solve that problem. And then I'm walking, you know, essentially barefoot, but in the thick socks, and you wear holes in the socks. And so I finally said one day, "Why don't you just try barefoot?" And I did it barefoot, and it was fine. And it feels great. So I do it, you know, I'm, you know, barefoot, you just fine. Where, where my feet? Okay. So, so we're, so we're barefoot and we get along just fine. The only time I wear shoes is when I go outside the house. Interesting. Because well, the streets are hot. Yeah, yeah. There's stuff that sticks you in the desert.
0: Yeah. No, I I just had to walk from uh, the office we're in now. We have a new office that we're moving into and, um, uh, it 's about ninety degrees outside, and the street's about one hundred and twenty and so I was jogging down there and you know felt okay, but oh no no you you feel it i mean you know it 's not like you become immune to things like that you become smart, yeah. figure out where that white line on the side of the road that 's much cooler or the white lines in the crosswalks you know there 's ways of ways of handling it, but yeah. that 's thing so you're so your day so right now um you 're in vegan mode you 're walking on a typical day about ten miles either same if you 're on a treadmill or if you 're Outside, about the same amount of time. Yep, yep. And um
1: and what, what I do, what I do, and you're going to love this.
0: Hmm.
1: I keep a no. This is this is not an ankle monitor. <laughs> this is not an ankle monitor. But when I go outside, yeah, I have to hide this because people see they think you're on house arrest. It is my pedometer.
0: Got it. And you put it on your ankle because I, I put it
1: on my ankle because what I learned is. When i used to put it on my waist it was not accurate uh, interesting i i could on the trip when i was on the treadmill because of the way my motions were i could get on the treadmill and walk you know 30 minutes and it says i did you know 500 steps right and, and i said that's not accurate so <laughs> i got the idea i said i want to measure how many steps i take so let's put the thing on my feet so that's something you should come up with you should come up with a pedometer in the
0: hmm. well interestingly um i have a patent for a wearable device that we're working on for other reasons but it can do that as well so uh we'll have to we'll have to get there
1: mm-hmm. so put the idea in your head and your, your 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 the idea is yours for free but you have to send me one to try out when you can con- consider
0: you Consider, uh, it.
1: but it when i did that all of a sudden it's accurate as can be
0: yeah yeah so Um, I mean, we have to, unfortunately, we have to wrap this up. Um, But in doing that, um, you know, if you had to, I mean, look, well, we're going to point people back to your website because you've really uh, codified everything we've talked about there plus much, much more. But for the sake of um, giving people something to chew on on their way to your site, um, I mean, what you're talking about is this incredible transition that took place over how long total?
1: Well, really 10, 10, 11, 12 years, depending on when you want to start it and go back to, but you want to give them a takeaway. I'll give you a takeaway. Okay. The takeaway is this, the journey that I've been through, I told you earlier that what I have done blew my mind that I was able to do this. Yeah. I mean, I've lost 235 pounds and kept it off. Holy shit. Yeah. You know, so it has told me that if I could do this, what else am I capable of that I haven't done? That's one thing it told me. So at the age of 64, I am not slowing down. I am not retiring. I have zero desire to slow down. I have no desire to retire. In fact, I am in long-term term game mode. <laughs> and I have lots of things to do, things I'd love to talk with you about you know, later on, because I like your spirit and I like the way you think. Thank you. And I like your energy, and I suspect we have a lot of things in common. But, but but, we're not going to discuss those here and now. And, But what else it taught me is, and I hinted at this before, if I could do all of these things, mm-hmm. me, plain old me, and I'm not trying to put myself down, I'm just an ordinary Joe, just like everybody else. If plain old me can do this, what can you do? Yeah, you too. You who are listening, you are capable. You are probably capable of more than you can possibly imagine. What was it? Was it who was it who said? I don't know if it was W. Clement Stone or whoever said. But if you think you can, or you think you can't, either way, you're right. My version is: if you think you
0: can, or you think you can't, you're doing way too much thinking.
1: True. <laughs> you're, you're you're absolutely right. It's just let it go. It was like when I woke up yesterday, I had, I had in my mind that I was going to walk a marathon on my birthday. And, and when I got up, I sat there and I could have gone, oh, shit. You know, I here I go another 10, 10, 11 hours on the treadmill. You know, on the, it, it wasn't totally treadmill because I took dogs for a walk. Right. I um, walked the neighborhood another time, you know. So you know, going through all this stuff and, and I said, no. This is my concept number six in my thing, changing perspective. I don't have to walk 10 hours today. I get to walk 10 hours today. <laughs> it is my privilege. The people, people like Peggy Chun, who passed away, she doesn't get to walk 10 miles, 10 hours today. Yeah. My brother, who died at the age of 60 after getting quadruple bypass surgery, he doesn't get to walk 10 hours today. Me, healthy me, gets to do this, now go out and go do it and enjoy it and have fun while you're doing it. It's changing your perspective. That's part part of also that one little thing, eliminating the phrase have to from my vocabulary and replacing it with get to has made a huge, huge, huge difference
0: yeah that's a really good one uh, there's i
1: don't
0: know what made me think of this. this is a variation on a theme um and it's a almost a wacky tangent the um pop site relationship guy john gray who wrote uh, men are from mars women are from venus he was on the oprah winfrey show and oprah the segment before john went long and oprah said you know we're coming coming back for a commercial i've only got 30 seconds i mean is there anything you can do in 30 seconds and he goes absolutely so they come back from commercial and Oprah says, you know, this is John Gray, a well-known psychologist. John, if you had to teach people just one thing in the next 30 seconds, what would it be? And he goes, you have to, the only the thing that will change your life is the difference between the word could and would. And she says, what do you mean? And he gets down on one knee and takes her hand and says, Oprah, would you marry me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> she says, got That's got a it. good thing. <laughs> good. And, and what is the other thing? Could have, would have, should have. Don't, don't, yeah. don't shit all over yourself. Yeah. 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 Uh, Well, that's actually a good one.
0: It's a fun one. Um, So, remind people again how to find you and everything you're doing so they can start um, finding out things that they get to do instead of have to do.
1: Okay. It's called thewayofexcellence.com. The wayofexcellence.com. You will find things on there. You will find a section where it goes takes to my whole system. You'll find another tab where I talk about it's called Stanley Beat Obesity. I have a podcast, which is Stanley Beat Obesity, and you and your family can too. Oh, love it. And it's kind of like Chris Beat Cancer, but we talk about obesity. <laughs> and then there's another one. There's an interview tab where I interview. There's all these interviews of all these interesting, fascinating people such as you. Oh. Who have which by the way I want to interview you for that. Yeah, uh, we can do we can do this in reverse. And it um and I have all these interviews, it's it ties ties into my YouTube channel. Perfect. So I I've so I've got a YouTube channel and stuff, and all that stuff is free. And if you want, but if you want to work with me, but you can book a 30-minute free appointment. We'll do a Zoom chat, we'll talk about this stuff, we'll get you started, and we'll go from there. Uh, I I'm on a, I talked about long-term plans. Yeah. My long-term plan is to change the world.
0: We have that in common. People ask me, they say about your business, what are you trying to do? I got nothing major, just change the world.
1: Yeah. yeah you know what the difference is? Hmm. I want to change the world one person at a time. You want to change the world two feet at a time.
0: Exactly. Um, on my other line, people say to me, well, what would happen if one of the big shoe companies ripped you off? Went, then we won. We changed the world. So, you know, it doesn't have to be about me or about us. It's doing what's right. It's the simple thing. I like to say, you know, feel what you've been missing, natural comfort, performance and health. And once people feel that they just can't go back because it's what we're made to do. But anyway, enough about me, Stanley. This has been a total, total treat. Um, and we definitely will have, um, a the flip side of this conversation and then just a whole other conversation independent of all of that. Um, until then, I do hope people check out what you're up to and join you and have fun with you. Um, it would be a total blast to have that happen. And in the interim, um, I just got to sign off and let people know once again, go check out what Stanley's up to. And if you want to find out more, about what we've been doing, go to uh, movement, movement.com. find all the previous episodes, all the ways you can engage with us on social media, et cetera. If you have any requests, things that um, we should talk about, people that you think should be on the show, ways that you think I might have cranial rectal reorientation syndrome, whatever it is, you can drop me an email. I'm at move, M-O-V-E, at movement, movement.com. Of course, if you want to try the greatest footwear ever, um, I'm being, of course, um well, you know, they're my babies. Um, you can go to com. That's xeroshoes.com. But most importantly, whatever you're doing, just go out and have fun and live life feet first.